Cross tells a story that'll change your mind. There's only love in the heart of God. No room for shame in his open arms. There's beauty from ashes, so come as you are. There's only love in the heart of Amen. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. 
church and the, and the warmer building it looks like it's going to be later on today. Thank you to all those who helped uh, put this together. Uh, some familiar faces I, I, I see out here that uh, participated. Uh, it's also a good chance for some of our home folk uh, who don't get to come in on Sunday mornings to participate as well. If you'd like to be involved in, in the next one, let us know. Uh, I don't know when we're going to do it again. Six months, maybe a year, something like that. But please, let us know. We, we don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, my name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your warm heart pastors. Hello. Welcome to all of you. Uh, Pastor Jen is out of town this week. Uh, she'll be back here uh, today or tomorrow. Uh, our family, we are heading out of town uh, this week. We'll be gone for, uh, for a little bit. Pastor Jen will be here to handle all your pastoral needs. Uh, our family and I, we're heading to the East Coast. We have a goal of 50 by 50. 50 states by the time we're 50 years old. So I have like, or as of right now, I have 31 days to make it to New Jersey uh, to get to 50. So uh, we're going we're gonna to hit Jersey along the way. Uh, my wife, she picks up her 50th state, West Virginia. We're doing D.C., New York City kind of thing. Uh, so uh, we'll be gone for a few days. Uh, but uh, Pastor, like I said, Pastor Jen and the capable staff of the Warm Heart Church will, will be able to help uh, anything that you need. I uh, just got a couple of announcements, but first we have a guest, guest speaker. Uh, Jessie, come on up. Jessie Layton works down in the nursery. Uh, she's been a part of our church now for for 12 years-ish, something like that. Uh, but uh, Christine moved off to Oregon, who handled the nursery. Jessie's been down there during those a lot of those years. But uh, she's stepping up into the role of, of uh, head nursery person. And uh, this is kind of her intro. Hi, everybody. I'm Jesse Leighton. I, you know, I know some of you and I've seen some of you down in the nursery. Um, I am now the nursery coordinator. I'm not just one of the people who hang out in there and play with the kids. I'm in charge. Um, and so for those of you who might know me, just a little about me. I've worked in this church nursery, um, like Pastor Mike said, since about 2011 when I started working here or attending here. And I, you know, I worked in the church nursery in the church that I grew up in and a few of the other churches around. Um, I, alongside being you know, working in the nursery. I'm also a special education teacher for an elementary school in the Nampa School District. I'm going into my eighth year of teaching, and it'll be my 10th year total uh, in education. So I've spent a lot of my life devoted to nurturing and helping children grow. Um, it's my calling. It's my passion. And so I'm really excited to step into more of a leadership position here at the church. Um... I know there have been announcements in our services and in the bulletin about volunteers helping out down in the nursery. Um, I'm here to add my voice to that um, because, you know, of course I get this job and then for the next two Sundays I will be out of town on vacation because, of course, that's how it works out. Um, so if it, there, were, there would be any volunteers to help out during any of the services in the next two Sundays, that would be wonderful. Um, you know, I'd like to make sure that we keep our nursery in, you know, as much working order of safe sanctuary, oh my goodness, safe sanctuary as possible, which means, you know, at least two adults in the room at all times, just to make sure everything is safe and in case of emergency, we have plenty of personnel to help out. Um, if this could be 
part of your calling, you could help out, you know, a service here and there. That would be wonderful, especially in the next two weeks so that we can ensure that the nursery is open and available for everybody who would like to use it. Um, Thank you so much, church family, for supporting the children's programs and helping to be part of growing children in the church. I really appreciate it, and the church appreciates it. And I look forward to continuing work in the nursery and hopefully seeing some of you down there with me serving the children. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, we're going to have a, an, another speaker come on up. This is Don Brister. Uh, Don did such a great job at the first service that I invited him to the second service to share his spiel. He is our stewardship uh, chairperson, which means he gets to talk a little bit about finances. And he has a, a brief finance thing, but I think he has a, one or two announcements first. A couple of announcements. <clears throat> July 31st is a blood drive, and uh, Lisa needs volunteers. There's still plenty of time to sign up if you're want to do that. Also, uh, Pastor Mike announced last week that we were selling t-shirts, and he promised that he would model the t-shirt this Sunday, and he is true to his word. So if you would take off that suit coat and show us that beautiful t-shirt, and but face the audience, don't turn sideways. No, no, that, it becomes a 3D uh, yeah, t-shirt at that point. the profile is better if you're facing <laughs> So a logo up here, heart. We also have a giant uh, one up front as well. But uh, our church's motto on the back. Okay, now let me. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I said this this morning in the first service. Is I'm envious because uh, I have one state left to make my 50. And I certainly am not going to make it before I turn 50. <laughs> but I stuck my foot in it, which I do periodically. As I said, the only state I have left is North Dakota, and why would anybody want to go to North Dakota? And I said, is, is anybody here from North Dakota? And this couple raised their hands, and they said, uh, we'll see you after church, and they did, and they told me about the, <laughs> how good a, what a great state North Dakota is, so uh, that's my 50th one, so I'll, I'll get there. But it's so great, why did they move to Idaho? Uh, I, I, I didn't ask him that. It's a good point. I All didn't right. ask him that. Yeah. Okay, let me, uh, let me get serious now and change hats. And let's talk about our current financial situation. Unfortunately, I don't have the, uh, the final figures for the month of June. They won't be ready till later in the week. So we're going to rely on what I talk about this morning, May actuals, and some educated preliminary figures for our purposes today. The slide on the screen that you see is the one that's been seen for the last month before each worship service. It's also in the Footprints newsletter, and it's on the e-blast that comes out during the middle of the week. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know any other way to say that this is not a very pretty picture. We have a current deficit of over $56,000, and June is also not a good month. Uh, Based on what we know now, with the money that, we, that came in for tithes and offerings and gifts, and then based on our expenses, we are probably looking at a deficit of around $75,000. So, uh, I apologize for not having the exact numbers, but as I said, they'll come out later in the week. 
And while those figures are not very encouraging, there is some good news in the fact that last Sunday was the first Sunday of the month of, of July, and it was a good Sunday. We had, uh, we had, uh, we had some, some special gifts, some minimum distributions from 503Bs like I have or 401K, those, those things that you have to get over 70 and a half. Not many people in this room is over 70 and a half, but you have to make distributions, and so some of those come to the church. And we had, so it was a good month. It was a good Sunday. So my concern, though, is that we never, as a congregation, we never seem to be concerned about our financial situation in the middle of the, middle of the year, and especially in the summer months when things, attendance drops off, giving drops off, and we, uh, we always say, it's okay, at the end of the year we'll come in strong, November and December we'll just do great and everything will be fine. And that's true. We have always done that at this church. But what happens if this is a year that we get so far behind in the summer that we can't overcome it in November and December? And we wind up the year in the red. That's something to think about. And I would, uh, I would like for you to think about that. Our expenses are pretty constant. So, you know, if you run a business and you're not doing well, there's two things you can do. You can increase your sales or you can cut expenses. And we're down just about it. We can't cut many expenses now. So we're going to, so the only, the solution is to increase our, our offerings. So I'm going to ask you, each one of you this morning, if you would join me and my wife in a concerted effort to pray and ask the Lord to show us how we can improve our giving so that we can get out of this deficit situation. We need to continue to do the splendid work that we do for this congregation and for this community. But unfortunately, it takes money to do that. And if we want to continue to serve, we need to find a way to increase our gifts. So I thank you for listening to me. I would ask, like I said, that you pray about our situation. And hopefully the next time I come up here, I can have some better news and we'll all be in the black and there won't be any red figures. So thank you for giving me the time, Mike. Thanks for uh, doing all... Uh, thanks for working on all that, and uh, he's the one that stays up at night uh, wondering about all this. So I appreciate it, Don. Let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and then remain standing for the opening songs.
Amen. Please be seated, unless you're like all fifth grade and below. This is your time in worship. Come on up. Good to see you. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Come on down. You forgot your backpack. I got to prop myself today too. So I snuck into my daughter's room, into her box of Legos, because I like Legos. I don't know if you like Legos. I do. Yeah, Legos are fun. And I built this. Woohoo! Dina, it took me all of probably longer than it should have to make this. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I made this, and you know what? I'm going to bring it to church, and I'm going to call this, I'm going to call this my God. How about that? Yeah. Do you think I should do that? Should I put it up here? No, it could fall. It could fall. I'll put it right in the middle here. <gasps> and um, ooh, maybe I should pray and worship to it. Yeah. Do you think that'll work? All right, what should I ask for? A present? Oh, dear Lego thingy-majigger, whatever you called. I want a PlayStation 5. I do want a PlayStation 5. You can't find them still. They're still out there. PlayStation. Do you think it's going to work? Probably not. It's just fake, fake, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I can't make God. There's a story in the Bible of someone who tried to make God. In the second book of the Bible, Exodus, uh, Moses' brother Aaron made a giant calf, a golden calf. And he told everyone, this is God. We should all pray and worship to it. And that's something that God didn't like. I've never seen God. God's kind of invisible. But I know that God's there. And I can't make something that'll make God love me anymore. Quick story, a different story. So I was on a basketball team in high school and we went to state, which means you were one of the best teams in the entire state. Don't be impressed. It was Nebraska. It was pretty easy. (laughs) Right. But, uh, But we had not been to state for 50 years, our town. And so we snuck in to the school, not me. I, uh, the statue of limitations are still there, so I got to be careful with this story. We, we snuck into the school and we opened up the trophy case where, where the net was for the basketball hoop. Do you know when you play basketball, there's a net that, that it kind of goes through? They had the net from the last time we made state. My grandpa was on that team. That tells you how long ago it was. And, and we took the net and we cut it up and we all got a little thing and we put it on our shoes and we tied a piece of the net on our shoes so it would help us win. And we played our first game. And did we win? No. We lost. And I remember looking at my shoe going, you were supposed to help me out. at that little piece of string. But do you know what? It's just a silly piece of string. It doesn't have magical powers. It can't do anything. Neither do the gods that we make help us out. Can, this, can a god like this help free people from slavery? No. no. Can it help save people from their sins? No. no. 
It's just a piece of Lego. It's fun. You can make stuff. But it's just stuff. We are here today to worship the God that we can't see. But we know that he's here. And he's in you. And he's in you. And he's in you. And he's in you. And that makes you pretty darn special. Can you pray with me today? God above, we ask your blessings upon these little ones. That as they grow in godliness and love, that they are reminded that they walk with you. They don't walk through this life alone. But with the love of of their families, of everyone in this room, and with you, O God. And for that, we give thee thanks. Amen. Amen. And yes, we got in trouble for breaking into the thing. And yeah. But that's another story for another time. I don't know if there's... Oh, there is Sunday school. Claudia's back there ready for you. I hope no one in my hometown heard that story because they still don't know it. Anyway, I won't won't go there. Let's be a people of prayer. Blessed are you, O God, creator of the universe and giver of all good gifts to your children. You are great and to be lifted, lifted high in praise. On this beautiful, warm, and about to be warm, warmer summer day, we thank you that you have not forgotten us, abandoned us, rejected us, despite, despite all that speaks against us. In your own dear Son, you have given us nothing less than yourself, and all that is yours. So this morning we bring to you all that troubles us, our mistakes and our sins, our embarrassments, our sorrows, and all the things that weigh heavy upon us. We commit all of these things to your faithful hands. And we pray that you take us as we are. Strengthen us when we are weak. Shine upon those who are suffering. Those upon, upon those who are sick and and upon those who are experiencing grief and loss. We offer ourselves to you in the love of Jesus the Christ, who taught us followers to pray by sharing in these words together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our next congregational song is uh, it's a popular one out there. I, I like this one a lot. Uh, let's stand and sing together Revelation song.
Please get seated and get comfortable. Bonnie's going to read her scripture today, and, and I, I gave her a whole chapter uh, to read. I wanted to get a whole story in, but uh, thank you, Bonnie, for reading today. The reading, the first reading is from Exodus 20. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The second reading is Exodus 32. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf fashioned with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. 
Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, There is the sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, It is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. When Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf the people had made and burned it in the fire. Then he ground it to powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. He said to Aaron, What did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? Do not be angry, my lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, Make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So I told them, Whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. Then they gave me the gold, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. May God have his blessing to the reading of this very long word. <laughs> Thank you, Bonnie. I was trying to figure out how to shorten the story, but you take out little pieces and you lose lose some of it. And uh, well, anyway, so here's here's a few of my favorite bumper stickers that I've seen recently. If at first you do succeed, try not to look astonished. Good one. IRS, we've got what it takes to take what you've got. Good one. Hang up and drive. We've seen that one. Keep honking. I'm reloading. I'm sure you've seen that one. <laughs> Saw this one the other day. Women who seek to be equal to men lack ambition. Oh, I don't know. You don't see very many bumper stickers today. Uh, not like not like back in the 60s and 70s and uh, back when everybody had a bumper sticker, right? Now, some cars do have bumper stickers and some have eight kabillion bumper stickers on them, right? Have, have you ever driven like, oh, I want to read that. So you drive a little... Cl- like, like, how close can I get before they freak out? But my eyes aren't what they used to be to, to read, what they, read what they said. Uh, bumper stickers, they're, they're a weird form of advertising of what you say you are. This is who I am, and so you put the bumper sticker on the thing. Something that you want to share with others. Well, our scripture this morning is a warning about images, or more precisely, about idols. Now, when we think of like ancient idols, the, the usual image that comes to mind is a carved piece of wood or stone that that 
not only represents God, but somehow has inside of it God-like properties. We need these things to have God's favor or the good luck charms or the whatevers. Religions all over the world have these kinds of uh, medallions, if you will. Here in the Judeo-Christian tradition, however, we don't really have idols. Or are not supposed to anyway. It, it, it was so important that it made the top ten things of don't do's. Number two on the list. No idols or no graven images. God good, idols bad. I should just end the sermon right now. God good, idols bad, go in peace. But then I want to read the story a little more. Why? Why did Aaron mess up so bad? You remember the story. Story takes place in the desert wanderings uh, right after they were freed uh, from slavery. This is the book of Exodus, the second book of the Bible. This is the time in Israel's history when they're trying to figure out who we are as a people, who we are as a nation. For the next 40 years, they don't know this yet, but for the next 40 years, they're going to be wandering around the desert. Their leader, God. Their human leader, who spoke on behalf of God, Moses. And Moses was up on the mountain having a conference call with God. This was the conference, the committee meeting, if you will, where they hammered out the Ten Commandments. And Moses took a sweet time. He was up there for, for over a month. Joshua was about halfway up, uh, just checking on Moses. To, uh, are, 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 are everything all right? And the people down below had no idea what was going on. Well, before he left, Moses told his older brother, Aaron, you're in charge of these people. You, you, you see these couple hundred thousand people, former slaves? You're in charge. Good luck. Make sure they drink their milk, do their homework, and are in bed by 10. I'll be back soon. Well, soon never happened. At least in the timeline that they wanted. And imagine if you were one of those people. If you're out in the middle of nowhere. Food is lacking. Water is lacking. You don't know where you're going. You, you, you remember where you've been. And it, it, you don't know where your leader is. This Aaron guy, he's not exactly doing what he's supposed to be doing. And you, so you, you do what you do. You start to complain. And Aaron feels a rebellion coming on. And so he, he, he pitches this idea. Give me your gold. Gold from your earrings, from your wives, from your sons, from your daughters. Just give me all your gold. And let's see what we can make from this. Uh, now, I, when I was researching this, I, I wondered, where did, where did all these slaves get gold? And if you read back a few chapters, when they were leaving Egypt, one of the things that God told them to do, in, in a loving, kind, Christian way, ransack the, high, the houses and, and, and get the stuff that you need to survive later on. So they grab the silver, they grab the gold, and anything else they can, they can get. They took the Egyptian gold, and they made a god from it. The God that Aaron made was created from Egypt's gold. So what, I hear you ask? Great question. I really think Aaron's holding on to the past. 
God promised them a new life, a new beginning, a new start. And Aaron, Aaron builds them Egyptian God from Egyptian gold. Even the bull was a piece of Egyptian past. Oh, there's a, there's a picture of a golden calf if I ever saw one. Y'all know where that's at? Wall Street. I'm going to be there in 10 days. I'm looking forward. That's the one thing I'm looking forward to seeing actually is, is, is that. Aaron basically built an idol of an Egyptian god for Israel. Kind of paradoxical, don't you think? We're free. We're free. Oh, by the way, let's bring, let's bring everything of Egypt with us, including their gods. And they, Aaron has this, this celebration. We're going to have a festival. They sacrifice burnt offerings, fellowship offerings. Then they sit down and eat and drink. And, and how, did, how did the scripture put it? Revelry? Was that the word? Revelry. Do you know what revelry is? Use your imagination. Okay? Other scripture verses, uh, 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 different Bible passages say, they got up to play. They got up to be merry. The message puts it like this. Uh, the people sat down to eat, drink, and they began to party, and it turned into a wild party. <laughs> Not quite the image of a holy nation. And it was at this time when the Israelites were worshiping a God of fertility. Think, Imagine how you could worship a God of fertility. That Moses came down off this mountain with the Ten Commandments. He's, he's carrying the tablets down there. Bum, 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 bum. And he looks. Idol. Ah, it's number two on the list. Adultery. It doesn't say adultery was going on, but if all this revelry going on, chances are, uh, first day I get these, two of these are already broken. And in anger, he throws. He throws the Ten Commandments down. There's Charlton Heston right there, about to throw him down. Uh, at the Israelites. Uh, he's got to go back up and get a second copy because he breaks this copy. And the second copy, God makes Moses chisel it out himself. Uh, uh, the, if you're looking for the humor in the story. And Aaron plays the blame, blame, blame game. You, you know these people. You know how stiff-necked they are. I asked for their gold. I threw it in the fire and whoop, out came this golden calf. And you could almost just hear the words, idol, idol. So what's an idol? An idol is something, in this case, something that takes the place of God. Something that takes the place of God. In general terms, an idol is something that is just out of order. An idol is something that moves, it's pri the priority is out of order. God first, family, country, work. Like all those things in your life, you have an order for. And you kind of put them in the order that, that, that you think they go. And an idol is something that has replaced something else. If I... In, in, my, in my life, and it's dangerous because I'm at work right now, right? But I got family, and I got work. There are days that I flip these. And my family's got to call me out on it. 
Which do you like more, Pastor Mike? They don't call me Pastor Mike. What do you like more, Dad? Work or family? Well, of course, there's a balancing act. You have to work to provide for your family, right? And hopefully you enjoy your work. But at the end of the day, there's, a, there's a, going to be a time when you retire. Knock on wood, iron, whatever this is. And I know too many people who go home and they don't know what to do with their life. Because they blew, they blew through their family and they blew through any hobbies. And then they're not left with anything. God, you could just make your order, whatever it is. But an idol is something that's out of order. I love, I love my, I love my in-laws, but I got an in-law that won't come out to visit us. Well, I can't hop on a plane because I can't smoke. Can't hop on a train. Like for whatever reason, they can't, there's an idol in the way. And if you had to guess, the most obvious idol is, what what would you say the number one idol is? Idol is money. We have a greed that needs to be fed. Ooh, actually, that guy's not doing so hot. We should, I should, I should update that with uh, Benjamin Franklin's. Um, a lot of a lot of people that uh, don't like the church because uh, they talk about money, and I know we just did that. I won't do a whole lot of it now because I got the offertory coming up, and I'll do it then. But uh, usually, it's because you know. Church says money's bad, money's bad, money's bad. Well, if the money's so bad, then why does the church want it? Well, it's a tool. God never said the love. Oh, hold on. The uh, what? What's how's that phrase go? Um, oh, I just lost it. The evil. Um, the root. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the root of all evil is money. Is that what it says? No. The root of, of, of all evil is the love of money. That's the problem. Money don't care. Money doesn't care. It's amoral. It doesn't have morals. Uh, money, if it's in the hands of a good person, that money is going to do good stuff. The money in, in the hands of a bad person can do bad stuff. Greed makes us cheapen life to a monetary figure. God makes us treasure people because they can open up doors for us. Here's my thing. And, and I run into this uh, in my own life as well. I need to love people, use things. Love people, use things. Because too often I flip it and I love things. And I use people. If the pastor can do it. Oh. I'm out there mowing my lawn. I'm out there mowing my lawn. I'm doing all my yard work. And that little, that little bit of sin just creeps into my head. They're like, oh, I wish. Ah. You know, I could hire someone to do this. Hire them at what, 15? But what's, what's minimum wage here in Idaho? Is it like seven bucks? 725. Oh, I, I need to get me an illegal immigrant so I could hire him for $2 an hour. That comes into my brain. They're, they're, they're sin living in me. But I'm like, oh, I wish, oh man, I can get a lot of yard work done for 15 bucks. 
idol. It's an idol. I have golden calf syndrome. Um, here in the U.S., the average household income, the median household income is $70,000. The bottom half, 50% of, in America, the bottom 50%, they own 2% of all the wealth in our country. 50%, 2%. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, the top one percent in our in our in our country, the top one percent controls fifty percent. Wow. And I'm just as guilty because I'm making Bezo, Bezos rich. Uh, I I go through my ch- uh, checkbook. Do you know how much stuff I get from Amazon? Mm, it's almost embarrassing. Idle. If I, if I spend more on my cell phone bill than what I give to charity, idle. I feel bad for Aaron. He was trying to do his best, but he messed up. There's something else in the story I didn't share. Um, when we think of the golden calf story, the idolatry of the Hebrews, we ponder on their ignorance and their primitive ways. I mean, how, how, could, you, how could you believe this thing with an idol? But in reality, he almost hit the mark. He's not as dumb as we think he is. A couple chapters back in the story, when I was looking up where they got this gold, I ran across this story as well. God told the Israelites, build me an ark. Build me an ark, where, uh, uh, ark of the covenant, where we're going to put the Ten Commandments that you haven't got yet. Made of uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost You've seen the thing, right? Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. There you go. Ark of the Covenant. Um, be made of acacia wood, gold trimmings. It kind of looked like this. So there's the ark. Uh, on top, there are uh, two angels, two cherubim. And they have wings out here. They got feet. And in the middle was supposed to be where God sat. The mercy seat. And they would carry this thing around and God would be in the middle. Later on, keep it up for right now. Uh, later on, uh, five, six, 500 years later, when they finally build the temple to put the ark in, they would put it in the Holy of Holies. One room in the back, it would be like, if this is the temple, the Holies of Holies would be in a room back here. And only once a year would the priest go in, the head priest, go in and make, make an offertory at uh, Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur. Uh, so only once, once a year, would they even look at this thing. Uh, and one person would get the, the chance to do that. Um, but at the top, cherubim, wings. But God said, make, put cherubims on top and fashion them in like a lion or a bull. They have the body of a bull. The very thing that Aaron got Aaron in trouble was the very thing that God told him to make in the first place. Build me an ark and put on top golden bulls with wings. He was so close. And that's where an idol becomes an idol. Is when the thing replaces God. Or in our own life, when work replaces family. Or the love of whatever I have replaces time with my kids. Or, you know, that out of place priority. 
What idols do we have? What do we worship? Where do we spend our money? Where do we spend our time? Do you know how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. That's how you spell love. What idols do we have? Of all the stories that we get in scripture, this golden calf story, thank you for reading the whole thing. (laughs) But it's the number one story that gets brought up again and again and again in the Bible. Of Of all the stories, Nehemiah, brings up the golden calf. Remember when y'all did that? Isaiah brings it up. Remember when y'all did that? Corinthians brings it up. Psalms brings it up. Isaiah brings it up. Acts brings it up. The story is told again and again and again so that we, we, we may remember that God cannot be replaced. Let's not put an idol where God should be. Beef. It's what's for worship. And the family of God said, Amen. As we come to the time of offertory, thank you so much for your gifts. And we just pray that the, the money and the checks and the, and the debits and the people who scan the little card, thinking that we have, just know that it turns into love. It turns into ministry. It turns into feeding the poor. It turns into housing the homeless. It turns into changing this world, transforming lives. Thank you. So Moses and company are there out in the wilderness. This is after the whole, uh, this is years later. Uh, Moses and company, they, they run across uh, a, a large army out in the desert. An army that is larger than them, much larger. And the story goes that uh, the Lord said, as long as Moses, you are praying, the battle will go in your favor. So Moses is up on the hill. He's looking up and he's got his arms in the air doing his praise and worship. And the battle goes towards the Israelites. But it takes hours and hours and hours and the arms start to droop down. 
And so uh, Moses, Joshua's on one side, Caleb's on the other side, and they hold up, hold up Moses' arms during the, during the battle. But that's where we get the phrase uh, for this particular song. The battle belongs to the Lord. So whatever it is that you are facing, whatever obstacles that are just greater than the strength that you have, just know that you have people praying for you, loving you, and indeed the battle does belong to the Lord. Let's stand and sing together. Oh, my.
God is good. And all the time. Thank you to the band and all the music that you provide for the folk upstairs that make this happen and, and all our folk online wherever you may be. We just ask God's blessings upon you this day and to all of us in this room. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That as we celebrate these long days of summer, may God's love and warmth go with you all. Amen.